0: In a world called Craig's List. Bon bop ba na Craig Kikowski, activity montage. bop bop ba na Podcaster. Bop bomp, ba na <laughs> uh, Long-form improv. Bop bomp, ba na <laughs> Uh dog owner. Dog owner. <laughs> bum, bum, Crossword uh, solvers club. Bum, bum, oh, I think that's it. List maker. List maker. Bum, bum, <laughs> that's it. Okay, yeah. That's I don't have nearly as many uh extracurricular activities as Max Fisher does. <laughs> but uh hopefully that montage at the beginning at the beginning just gave you an idea of uh my range as a Renaissance man. <laughs> Uh, Welcome to Craig's List, Craig's listeners. This is episode 23, number 78, my 78th favorite movie. It came out in 1998. Do you remember where you were? I sure do (laughs) know where you were. Uh, And it was directed by Wes Anderson. Mm -hmm. It was written by Wes Anderson and a fellow named Owen Wilson. It stars Jason Schwartzman, and the movie is called Rushmore.
1: I totally forgot that it Owen Wilson co-wrote this.
0: Forgot it until just now?
1: No, until you said it the other day. We were oh, okay. <laughs> but like in the time between I saw it, which was probably a senior in high school, maybe a freshman in college, till then I'd forgotten that he was a writer. Yeah,
0: yeah. he sure was. Uh, that voice you heard is uh, Carla Hi guys. Kikowski. My co-host, and we have a special guest joining us today. Oh, talk about Renaissance, man.
2: He is,
0: (laughs) he is an actor, writer, director, political satirist.
3: Professional wrestling aficionado. Pro- Professional yeah. wrestling aficionado. Uh, and he is our friend and his name is Mark Warzeka. Yes. yes. I'm so thrilled to be here. You guys, <laughs> you guys know that I'm a huge fan of this podcast. So and of both of you, oh. you were an so early adapter joy. to this podcast. Yeah, I was on board immediately. I really was for, from first episode on. Uh, so I'm really thrilled to join you for this. That's so nice. And I had not seen this movie since it came out. Okay. Like, I saw it in 98 when it came out. And had never seen it since.
0: Did it make it much of an impression on you at the time?
3: I didn't like it at
0: the time. Oh, really? Okay. Really. Well, we'll get into yeah. whether that those feelings changed yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Interesting. Carla,
0: what did you remember about this movie? It has been a while for you,
2: too. Yeah,
1: I don't know if I saw it in the theater or at my friend's house. I had a friend um, in high school and college in Kentucky named Adam who lived in the attic. <laughs> His parents' house,
0: <laughs> sure. But it was like, I, was, nice. at, I thought you were about to say the attic of my house. I was like, Is this <laughs> a real attic. person? <laughs>
1: but he would invite us over to watch movies, and he had hundreds I'm not joking hundreds of DVDs mm-hmm. up against his yeah, wall. And it was one like, of those dudes. yeah, it was like the late 90s when that was like an impressive thing,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, they
1: were all alphabetized. Yeah. And, uh, and we would just watch movies there. And this was in a run of like this one and, oh, what's that other movie with, uh, oh god, the Coen Brothers movie. Big Lebowski, sure. Yeah. Like right around that time, right? And so, but I fell asleep in most of them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that it was, was like
0: a late sleep. night in high yeah, school, exactly. college, yeah. in sort an of. Attic. Yeah, in an I attic. I wasn't
1: making out with anyone. I'm okay,
0: like, <laughs> it was just a bunch of
1: people and me.
0: Yeah. Making out is a great way to to, to stay, stay awake. awake. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm getting sleepy.
3: Will somebody please make out with
2: me?
0: Mark, were you the guy just mm-hmm. like uh, me and Adam, apparently, who had shelves and shelves of DVDs <laughs> and, oh, and no, CDs? I didn't
3: realize we were talking about you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm always going to turn everything into something about me. I'm like Trump.
3: I was not one of those dudes who had all the videos. But, you know, I worked at a video store for a long time. Uh, so that might have helped. Because yeah. You, during those years where I probably would have been that guy, I could just rent I could just take home videos for free. okay. so why why collect them at home, right? Yeah, right? And why? we could easily steal them from the video store, which <laughs> all, which we all did. Yeah. poor video watch in Westland, Michigan video watch. lost a lot of inventory to its employees. still open today? Uh, not, not open. Uh, it closed maybe 15 years ago. I was home in Michigan last summer, drove by it. Nothing has replaced it. Oh, wow. So inside is still the walls of our, it's an, it's an empty. All those shelves. It's been empty for all these years. The shelves are still there. The counters are still there. It was really surreal. I went and took pictures of it last summer. It's so
1: crazy. It's just sitting there.
3: Sitting there in a strip mall
1: where almost everything
3: in the strip mall is now gone. And That's it's just sort of a so shell.
1: crazy. so, yeah.
3: so crazy. Uh, video watch? Video watch. My- don't worry, guys. Trump is going to turn things
1: off.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to get Especially in Detroit. <laughs> We're going to get more VHS back on the shelf. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs>
1: uh, my video store when I was a kid was called Video Vision.
0: Yeah. Okay. And they answered video their phone
1: vision. like that. They would say Video Vision
0: video vision uh i've already talked about errol's my local video yeah, store errol's. and then that kind of guy e-r-o-l apostrophe s really yeah. Errol. it was owned by errol errol flynn yes after his heyday as uh robin hood and sleeping with underage girls he uh, of course opened with <laughs> <know> about that. <laughs> oh in like flynn you don't know what in like flynn means
1: I, I've heard of that, but I didn't know that that's I what that meant. I didn't know that that's what that meant
3: either.
0: The expression in like Flynn refers to uh, Errol Flynn.
1: Ew. Uh, so I would say – I'm not going to use
0: that in the same way anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've used it about myself many times. I'm so in like Flynn right now. <laughs> like just about adapting it, easily.
0: <laughs> it also means you're as cool as Neil Flynn is. Oh. <laughs>
1: that's
0: another way to think about it.
1: For the people who know Neil Flynn, his friends.
0: Yes. Uh, hey, guys, Rushmore is the movie we're talking about <laughs> today. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, this is the second movie directed by Wes Anderson. Uh, Bottle Rocket was the first, which uh, starred Owen and Luke Wilson. Owen does not make an appearance in this movie, though Luke does. And uh, this is about Max Fisher. He's a 15-year-old student at a prep school. Uh, I can't – the name of the prep school escapes me. At this moment, Rushmore. I have it in my notes. What's that, Carla? Rushmore. I know we're talking about the movie Rushmore. I'm t- trying to think of Rushmore a prep Academy. school. Rushmore Academy. Yes, uh, is the prep school that Max goes to, and if he's,
1: if it was so worth it. <laughs>
0: I feel like you guys planned and rehearsed.
1: That.
0: <laughs> Just so you know, Mark is not in on all the pre-planned bits that Carla and I are doing. Uh, she set me up perfectly for that one. We rehearse extensively before, you know. We have run Craigslist. Late at maybe night,
1: we either make out to stay up or yeah. we rehearse. Did you guys
3: hire like people to stand in for me before yes. I arrive.
0: Yes, it was our dog. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So Max is kind of simultaneously an underachiever and an overachiever, Mm -hmm. uh, that he is involved in every possible extracurricular activity. He's founded all these clubs, but he's a terrible student. And uh, he gets a crush on a first grade teacher, Miss Cross, uh, as does a local steel magnate, uh, Herman Cross played, or Herman, uh, Bloom played by Bill Murray. And so the movie is kind of about the love triangle between these three characters and the kind of, uh, unlikely friendships, uh, that they strike up. Uh, does that sound accurate? That sounds yes.
1: accurate. <laughs> and it's Wes Anderson, so it's all like the, Cute little outfits and stuff. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's how you describe uh, Wes Anderson <laughs> motifs. Yeah.
1: Cute outfits, bright colored walls. Yeah.
0: Bright <laughs> colors, cute outfits. Yeah. A lot of primary colors. Everything yeah. very uh, centered and uh, symmetrical.
1: Yes, very symmetrical.
0: I read that they
3: wanted to the look of the film to look like a. Um, I'm going to mispronounce it. Ro- Roland doll. Roll doll.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah which is which is interesting, interesting because uh later of course uh West adapted Roald doll's fantastic mr fox oh right uh so this movie is kind of a Rosetta Stone for all of Wes Anderson's movies. You can see so yeah, many recurring themes uh that are there in in this movie in nascent form.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: you still have not seen Bottle Rocket, right?
1: I've not. That's the only Wes Anderson I've never seen.
0: Have you seen it more? I've not seen it either. It's uh even more so uh I mean it's very much a first film made for cheap uh, this got them a uh a bigger budget, though not that big a budget. Uh they probably spent most of it on Bill Murray. <laughs> I, would, yeah. I would guess. Um but I think uh if I could jump ahead to a Carlos quote uh, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh well at some point you said this looks like uh oh.
1: Wes Anderson
0: light. It looks like Wes Anderson light. <laughs> like somebody tried to make a movie like Wes Anderson. Yeah. Oh, here it is. If I saw this today, I think somebody with enough, without enough money to be Wes Anderson, was trying to make a movie like Wes Anderson. And then you said, "Is that his name?" I thought I said Wes Craven for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly different genre.
2: Totally. Yeah. Slightly
3: different genre. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's yeah, very it, colorful at times. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it does feel very much like a starter Wes Anderson movie mm-hmm. yeah. uh, as he uh, acquired bigger budgets on Royal Tenenbaums and yeah. Life Aquatics and Grand Budapest. I didn't Budapest. As, like
2: a
1: diss or that it looked bad because it doesn't. It just – it looks like if he had more money, he probably – would have done more. <laughs>
3: this yeah. was part of the reason that, I, um, upon a rewatch, mm-hmm. that I really liked this movie. I really loved it this time.
1: I around. did too. And I
3: remember not so liking funny. it the first time around, but I loved it this time around. Yeah. But one of the re- okay. So in general, with Wes Anderson's style. Feel like too much is going on for me. Like there's too much color. There's too much things. There's too much stylistic. There's too much production design. It's like a little too much for me. Mm. I always enjoy them, but I'm like, tone it down a little bit. <laughs> so I kind of like, cause I thought the same, a similar thing to you thought I was like, now I'm used to. How blown out his style is. Right. So going back and watching this, I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty chill. Yeah. Compared to what it's, what it ends up being later. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I enjoyed that. And uh, I do like his film and I do think he's a brilliant filmmaker. Yeah. But sometimes it's just like a little too much going on for me.
1: Yeah. I don't think you're wrong. I think a lot of people feel that way. I yeah. really love Wes Anderson. And then this was the one movie that I had seen that I wasn't sure that I liked. Because my memory of it was just being like, eh, it's okay, and probably falling asleep at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, but when I saw it the other day, I loved it. Like, mm-hmm. I legitimately loved this movie. <laughs> Um And I think it had a lot to do with with what you were saying where it was just like very – it's like a simplistic Wes Anderson movie. (laughs) (laughs) Again, not a diss. Not a diss.
0: Yeah. I think he does get accused of style over substance a lot. But I happen to think at least in this movie, there's a lot of substance going on. There is. And I really related to the character of Max – and I think he's just one of the better movie characters of the last 20, 25 years or so. He's just so memorable as played by Jason Schwartzman and as written by Anderson and Wilson. And, uh, I, I definitely was not a go-getter in the way that Max was. Right. Uh, I was not involved in uh, dozens of extracurricular activities. I bowed out of most things after joining them for a couple of weeks. You know, <laughs> I was very kind of, uh, shy, uh, and introverted. Uh, But I definitely can relate to being b- both kind of too smart for school, but being a bad student at yeah. the same time, you know?
3: We're bored. I, I, I connected to similar in a similar way to what you're saying, Craig. And like, cause I was bored a lot in school yeah. and really, really, really focused on my outside of school activities mm-hmm. and would kill all of that.
2: Yeah. You know? So yeah. like, yeah,
3: it's like I connected to that character in that way of like, He's not hes hes not knocking out, like, the the core stuff he really should be, uh, but he's great at all this other stuff. Yeah. But maybe that's why we all end up doing what we're doing right. today, sure. too, right?
1: <laughs> uh, I had the same exact experience in high school that you guys did, which was I did not do great at school, but I was, like, captain of the speech and drama team. <laughs> I was student director of the school plays. Like, I killed it at, at 2.45 when the bell rang. Yes. I was, like, on board with everything. Yeah.
0: As a kid, I, I did write my own plays. I tried to write like, you know, these wouldn't last long, but I would try to write novels and comic books and stuff like that. Of like, you had all this creativity that was just kind of like bubbling beneath the surface, like waiting, waiting to get out. My friend Toby and I put on puppet shows uh, all the time. And we had all these elaborate stories with our puppets and everything. So this is around 16, 17. (laughs) Sadly, yes. Uh, (laughs) this was slightly younger than that, but. But uh, Toby and I, are, around that age, did have our own band, the Craig Toby Band, and we wrote like little silly songs, and we had an album called "Dance Music for Italian Rabbis" that no, you know, nobody heard except for us. But it was all recorded on like Casio keyboard and like a four-track recorder, and and Toby could actually play multiple instruments. I played nothing other than like the beat on the, the pre-recorded beats on the Casio, and we made up these dumb button. dumb little songs. Were yeah. there
2: fights
3: about whether it should be the Craig? toby banner the toby craig band
0: i don't remember any fights i think we were just going we were alphabetical order yeah, yeah but, yeah. but he, <laughs> he definitely was doing the heavy lifting uh, in that band
1: i uh you you don't have a lot of rhythms so i'm not surprised yeah. that you, i was i am surprised that you were keeping the beat for these
0: are These are literally just pre-recorded beats on a cast. Oh, I see. So you just press the on button. You're proving me wrong right now. Yeah, oh, I could do that beat for hours. Are you kidding?
3: I was engaged in writing sketches like for our pep rallies and stuff like that. fun. In later high school years rather than doing my schoolwork. And backyard professional wrestling. Yeah. way too old. At like 16, 17. In fact, we found one of those VHS types lately and I put it in and Beth, my wife, was like, "You're way too old to be doing this. <laughs> At this point in your life."
0: Uh, any right. injuries from the backyard <laughs> wrestling? No, no,
3: thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. Any thank you any late.
1: desire to put those on YouTube? Any <laughs> <laughs> They all
3: need to be on YouTube, yeah. <laughs> and you guys will be amazed.
0: Another thing that Toby and I did is whenever we had like a special project done and uh, needed uh, to be done in school, we would almost always make a video or make a song instead. You know, when everybody else was like writing a paper. So, oh, that's know, good. Always trying to like do it like a creative outlet
1: and you got A's on all of those.
0: I don't know about that (laughs) for effort maybe. Uh, but I think uh, another thing that really like accurately portrays a teenager is that, uh, Max is kind of a shit. Like he's, uh, he's really kind of selfish and narcissistic and, uh, acts like a baby (laughs) sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's the, I can really identify with those real, uh, selfish egotistical (laughs) teenaged emotions and uh, also his crush on Miss Cross, which is really inappropriate, you know, uh, I can relate to like being a teenager and also up until my late 20s getting crushes on people that were unrequited and Aww. just. Uh, Are
1: you talking about me?
0: <laughs> I feel like that was requited like um, right away. That's what that means. Like okay. right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you oh. know what I mean.
2: <laughs> I have no idea what he means. Come
0: on, we means. rehearsed this bit. <laughs> but uh, that feeling of like just wanting to be around someone all. All the time but also like kind of hating them because they didn't like you in the way that you liked them you know there's a great scene late in the movie and maybe my favorite scene in the movie is
3: when Miss Cross finally like confronts him yeah. right and she's like what do you think is gonna happen yeah you're 15 right. and I'm a grown woman like what are we gonna have sex are we gonna be together what do you think is gonna come of this and it's so that hit me so hard because I've been that I've been that teenage boy too where it's like you're having those fantasies
0: or you're thinking something but it's like
3: what are you th- like what are you thinking
2: yeah and I mean,
0: she's actually thinking is gonna occur and she gets kind of crass with him too of like she says, she says yeah. fucking yeah. and like yeah. hand job and everything yeah. you can tell of like he's just wincing yeah, he's at like these words of the like corner. uh because he's so virginally he doesn't even understand really what these <laughs> words right. mean of like he's thinking about some idealized version of love and sex that has no relation to real
2: life yeah yeah
1: yeah that was a great scene you're right and it's it, it's and it it comes at the perfect time because the audience is starting to get really pissed at Max too. Yeah. <laughs> like what is wrong with you, Max?
0: I think Carla's quotes will reflect that.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: I
1: feel like I only said like three things during this. You whole didn't night.
0: talk as much as usual, really probably because really you were it. enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I definitely saw this when it came out. I believe it was released widely in early 99. Uh, I think it got a limited release at the end of 98 to qualify for the uh, the Oscars mm. because uh, Bill Murray was getting a lot of uh, critical attention for his performance in this. Did not end up getting an Oscar nomination. I
1: remember being so mad.
0: Even, you didn't even care for the movie and you're like, Bill Murray should be nominated. Cause for he this.
1: was, yeah, I just remember like everybody expecting him because it was like the first cool movie he had done in the years. I remember years. that part of
3: it. Yeah. That remember, it was, it was like, like his
1: big comeback or something. Yeah.
3: That this was like, cause I remember this. But I'm not 100% sure this is accurate, but like, yeah. I seem to remember this being his transition movie where it's like, now I'm going to be a dramatic actor and it being a big deal that he had done this.
1: Yeah. I remember the exact same thing. So it must be true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Probably.
3: starting
0: to work with more serious directors too. Right. Yeah. yeah.
3: Where like the movie before this he had done was like him and an elephant or something like remember
0: that movie? <laughs> Operation Dumbo? Drone? Yeah, it was like something. Oh like, no, wait, that's a, movie. Movie. That's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a different movie. That's I'm thinking movie. of Ray Liotta, uh, who is another pockmarked guy from Chicago. Uh, <laughs> tweet, tweet us, listeners. What
3: was the movie with, <laughs> with Bill an Murray elephant? and the elephant? Bigger than with, life or something or like something, that? right? I don't like, know. but it was like he was he was still uh, hanging on to like. I'm a lead comedy guy. Yeah. And then this was the beginning of really what he has done since then. Yeah. 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 He never, he never went, he never looked back from this.
0: Now, certainly Groundhog Day, he should have been nominated for as well. That's one of the great performances of all time. Maybe, but that, uh, not on mine, but I love that movie. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that's, that was kind of like taken as like comedy doesn't get taken seriously. And this is, this is kind of this is mostly a comic movie, I would say, but it's got really an undercurrent of melancholy that kind yeah. of makes it serious. They're sad.
3: The three as lead, well, the three lead characters are really hurting, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're
2: sad.
0: I, I think yeah. that's one of the reasons I love it is because of that undercurrent of melancholy. And this goes all the way back to La Dolce Vita, how much I love melancholy, <laughs> you know, which is kind We're of not like...
1: talking about La Dolce Vita
0: anymore. Oh, please. Mark, finally you're here to defend <laughs> Federico Fellini. Uh, I might not be there, right now. <laughs> but of kind of like uh, equal measures of sadness and beauty, you yeah. know.
1: There's that moment where Miss Cross tells Max why she isn't dating Bill Murray's character anymore and she says it's cuz he hates himself uh-huh. and it's such like a oh I didn't remember that either and it's so true and
2: painful.
3: And he's so good like it struck me how good Bill Bill Murray's brilliant in this movie. I yeah. Think. But he's so good. At, he doesn't have like uh, if you looked at just his lines in the script, right. there's not that much there in terms of like verbally expressing the shit that he's going through. You just see it in his eyes. Like he's wearing it, right? Yeah. yeah. Like he's just, he's just got this weight on him and it's, mm-hmm. he's so, so great. There's just a couple moments like where he looks at his sons at the wrestling meet at the beginning. And he's like, I don't know how these are my kids. <laughs> yeah. Like like, there's, only, there's only a couple lines like that yeah. where he's like, my life sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just him like feeling it.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Apparently he did very little Im- improvising. I, I don't I know. What know the word. I I've it, never though, said right? that improvising. <laughs> dear God. <laughs> it's only my chosen fucking profession that I can't even pronounce. Uh, very little improvising on this movie. I guess yeah. he did uh, some paraphrasing here and there, but oh, he's, really? he's normally will do a lot to punch up scripts. And I think he really trusted this script. I, my favorite line reading of his in the movie is at the end, uh, Max has these two little pins to give him, uh, and one is attendance and one is punctuality. And he's like, I, th- I thought that each one of us would take one of these pins and he just shows them to Bill Murray and Bill Murray's like, I'll take punctuality. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how you can get so much out of such a flat line reading, yeah. but of like, he's the master. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah. It's a brilliant performance and he was getting uh, some Oscar attention for it. Uh, yeah. This is
3: before Lost in Translation. I guess, it is. Right? Three, years, is just, yeah, three, three years. Three before years before Lost in oh,
0: Translation, which cool. he eventually was nominated for and did not win when he should have for that movie, because that's one of the all time great performances yeah, 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 too, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah uh 98 best supporting actor uh okay. is not occurring to me at the moment <laughs> uh but it i know shakespeare i
1: Shakespeare in love year
0: it was i know jeffrey rush was nominated for shakespeare in love mm. which is like fine He's jeffrey rush so but was... not better than bill murray uh robert Duvall was nominated for a civil action oh i know who won it was james coburn for affliction
2: whoa uh that was uh, which, a good movie
0: and James Coburn was so, fantastic in it, but that was kind of like a career achievement of like, here's an old guy who might die soon who's been in a lot of movies. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's toss him yeah. an Oscar. Uh, I had Bill Murray third uh, for the year on my supporting actor list between uh, behind two of – I think some of the greatest performances, which is Billy Bob Thornton in A Simple Plan.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm. We, he was nominated for that. And Dylan Baker for Happiness, which, of course, oh. he would never be nominated for that. Do you know that That's movie? That's incredible
1: oh. performance.
0: Uh, it's a Todd Solons movie, a very dark movie about sexuality. And Dylan Baker plays a pedophile oh, in wow. it.
1: Yeah. yeah. He's incredible in that movie. Yeah. so And Philip Seymour Hoffman's in that movie. And I even prefer Dylan Baker in Happiness. Sure. And I love Philip Swann Hoffman. He's dead. (laughs) (laughs) He died a couple years ago.
0: I think our listeners know that, Carla.
2: (laughs) I think it's just been three years, actually.
0: Yeah,
1: in February it was three years. Yeah,
0: what's weird, it doesn't
3: always seem like you know. Sometimes when 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 cele- famous actors die, yeah. right? They they've banked a bunch of movies already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so which he had too. So you still kind of see them for it a while. It prolongs
0: right. their career
3: in yeah. a way. Yeah, like he was still in yeah. those Hunger Games yes. movies or whatever.
0: Yeah, you know? like, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, there he is. So you kind of forget, like, oh wow, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Carrie
1: Fisher. Going to be in the next Star Wars. Yeah, that's going to be weird. That's going to be so weird. It's going to be
3: weird. And then CGI Carrie Fisher will be in the one after that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. I just got real sad
0: for everyone. (laughs) Uh, so I, I th- I'm pretty sure I saw this movie at the uh, at Piper's Alley, which is the movie theater that's right next to Second City in right. Chicago. I worked for or Second was. City at the time. It's now all classroom space, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Second City Second now. City
1: classroom space.
0: Second City, all yeah, mm-hmm. uh, owns the whole building. But I saw so many movies in the late nineties, early two thousands at Piper's Alley yeah. because you could get a pass from the box office at Second City to go in and see it for free. Right. Uh, but here was the process you couldn't just show up at the movie theater and say, like, hey, I'm with right. Second City. Can you just let me in? You had to go to the Second City box office. They would call the Piper's Alley box office and say, like, hey, we got a guy coming over. Is it OK if he goes to see Rushmore? Uh, and then they'd have to write you out a pass to go see the movie. And you'd have to show it to the, the person.
3: I did that same process many times working there. And all to save what well, was probably like. Four seventy-five for like yeah, a super, daytime
0: matinee, super cheap movie, probably. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah.
3: And there'd be no one else in the theater. <laughs> It'd be like a Wednesday at like two. Oh
1: my gosh! <laughs> I saw a Counting Count No. Counting Cru- crows, crouching crouching, tigers. crouching tiger,
3: hidden dragon.
1: <laughs> I saw that there. Counting tigers, hidden
3: dragon. <laughs> the mashup, the counting crows, crouching tiger
0: mashup. It needs to be. <laughs> I also saw that at Piper's Alley. Maybe we were what? in the theater wow. at the same time. Did
1: you see it too?
0: I there? saw it, but I don't think I saw it there. Yes, yes. yes <laughs> sure, yes. We
1: all three you of guys, us we were all three
3: we there. Were. We were all there. I remember seeing a couple in the back falling asleep and starting to make out. That must have been you that guys. Was,
0: that was <laughs> us. And I loved Rushmore right away. I don't think it was immediately my favorite of the year. Uh, but I think I, I early on got the Criterion DVD, which is an excellent DVD, by the way. Did you watch the Criterion version or did no. you watch it I uh, streamed streaming? it on
3: something. It was on Hulu or something maybe.
0: Uh, Criterion, of course, uh, not a sponsor of this podcast, but the best uh, <laughs> maker, <laughs> really of, like them make. maker of DVDs and Blu-rays. <laughs> and uh, there's a great commentary track on this. There's a lot of uh, bonus features. You see the auditions for uh, Jason Schwartzman and some of the other kids oh. uh, in the movie. So it, it's very uh thorough.
3: The people, do they show you people who didn't get cast? Uh, <laughs> no, that would suck. That's classy. Yeah. There's a, there's some
1: Superman, uh, Lois Lane, original Lois Lane auditions going around on the internet. Have you seen those? No. The who didn't get it? Who like was up for Stockard it? Stockard Channing. Oh, a famous people. Uh, other people from that time. Yeah, yeah,
3: sure. And the other people. <laughs> what I want to see is the Eric Stoltz footage from Back to the Future. Yes, that, they that exists think will somewhere, right? Yeah, because they to shot to for write. like six weeks with him. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't like just an audition; like they shot a bunch of the movie. But they've been, mm-hmm. I-, I think, just as like to as a classy move, right? They've been like, we're never gonna release right. this footage to.
2: Until the day he dies. <laughs> and then we're immediately releasing <laughs> it for second,
3: 24, love to $24. The second Stoltz dies, they've got it ready that. to go. You know what would be amazing, though? Because they've always contended, right, Like that he, Eric Stoltz, just he's a great actor, but he kind of didn't get the role. So we had to recast yeah. him. It wasn't the right tone. I'm always thinking, what if they release it and he's like phenomenal? <laughs> he's, better, he's better than Michael J. Fox. And that's why they don't want to release it? So, <laughs> no. Because we could prove that. dummies.
2: Wrong.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah.
0: And uh, Burt Reynolds played Doc Brown, too. They shot... Uh, really? No. no.
1: Ah, I believe <laughs> you. I don't I I believe
3: anything Craig says about film.
2: <laughs> I totally
1: believed you. I, I did, too. To the point I'm where sure. I was thinking of him with the hair.
2: <laughs> That's how much I believe. you. no mustache. Yeah. Clean
3: oh. Crazy hair, Burt Reynolds.
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> let me just go through some of the things I love about this movie yeah. before we get into, uh, Carlos quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the music. And yeah. it.
2: sure. uh, it's, uh, the it's great. score
0: is by Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo, uh, who did the, uh, soundtrack or did the score for, uh, many of Wes Anderson's movies. And it's kind of like this Baroque, uh, you know, prep schoolish, uh, score. Uh, but then he's got all these British invasion, uh, songs, uh, Rolling Stones, Kinks, Who, uh, John Lennon, Cat Stevens, uh, and they just fit the tone and the mood of the movie so well. And this is also a kind of a Rosetta Stone for all of Wes Anderson's influences because there's a definite graduate influence, uh, yeah. hanging over this movie too, uh, to the point where Carlos said it was kind of Simon and Garfunkel light. Oh, that's uh, what I said,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> as well, but, uh, but these are kind of deep cuts. These are not the obvious Rolling Stones or, uh, or Who or Kinks songs. Uh, so he, he's just got such a great knack for needle drops. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the stylized things that I really (laughs) love is uh, you keep going through the different months uh, of the fall with Max and so there's always this curtain opening with uh, the the month projected on the curtain and that's a practical effect they literally had Hanging on either side crazy. of the camera these curtains that somebody would pull. And they had a projector right there. <laughs> yeah. And then they would just open those curtains onto the shot. So That's I was crazy. Like, that's not an effect that was added How later. How do they
1: make it look good? I don't know. Wes Anderson.
3: That made me feel very much like chapters in a book, too. But yeah. I, you know, I had seen that on Wikipedia that they were thinking visually like, like a book. But the months you know, sort of broke it up like chapters in a book for me Yeah, Yeah. in a cool way. I like that. That's insane to me. That's a practical
0: effect. (laughs) That's really cool. I'm wondering if you guys as comedy fans and comedy teachers, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe seeing this later in life now appreciated, uh, how good his editing is for comic timing.
3: Yeah. That was one of the things that really stood out to me about the movie. The pace. Mm-hmm. Like cuz it's like clipping and that and it it mo- it's so tight in general. The script's really tight. But then like I I seem to remember on first viewing of this movie being shocked by like the qu- the montage, you know, at the top that yeah. you were doing, the bit, the bit about, right? Like, yeah. the montage at the top where they're jumping through his activities and just feeling like, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. Like at the time, like that was not a thing people were doing. Yeah. Like a fast paced cut to, uh, uh, jump around, uh, comic, essentially comic montage at the beginning mm-hmm. of the film, right? Yeah, and I feel like now we see stuff like that all the time. <laughs> all the time yeah. But then we didn't
1: on TV shows too. Like, what's that Lemony Snicket thing? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. Thought, I watching that, I was convinced it was Wes Anderson, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was somebody else who's
0: famous. He's given people permission to be a little more stylized and yeah. artificial, uh, which I think is good. But I think there's probably a lot of imitators who don't have the depth
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, or the proficiency that that he does. Yeah. yeah. That song is Making Time by The Creation, which uh, I had never heard before this movie. Uh, It's certainly uh, of that era, mid-60s, like British Invasion music, but it just works so perfectly. Uh, And then that's just cut so well, that that montage to that song. There's a similar one in, uh, Royal Tenenbaum's, uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow's character to Judy as a Punk by, uh, the Ramones, mm-hmm. uh, that's cut in a very similar way.
3: Yeah, it's amazing. It was, I stopped the movie, it was maybe like 12 minutes in, because I wanted it. To- I felt like so much had happened, like, and I was like, I wonder how long, how far I am into this movie. And I paused; it was only twelve minutes, and I was like, this is amazing, how (laughs) how much story they've told in twelve minutes. Yeah, it's so tight. And I feel like a, I feel like a lot of the movies in general that I really love. I wonder how, how this would match up to your to your list, Craig. But like, I feel like for me, a lot of my favorite movies. Are tight like that, like it just—they're compact, like they're really efficient. A lot of stuff happens quickly.
0: Hit the ground running. Hit the ground running. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a recurring theme in the ones that Carla does not like, or, or like <laughs> n- not only to movies but also TV shows sometimes too. Carla will say a lot of times, like just get to it. Right. <laughs> we know already, right. you know that there's certain uh, aspect of like trusting your audience to get it and mm-hmm. trusting that your audience is smart enough. That you can just move along and it is very efficient storytelling and visual storytelling visual too, yeah. Of yeah. like verbal and visual, yep, take advantage of film people <laughs> uh, but i I feel like there's so many good laughs just from good editing, like when uh. His son, uh, or Bill Murray, as he's the two obnoxious, uh, (laughs) brace-faced ginger twins that are his sons. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're like, get your head out of your ass, Dad. (laughs) And he takes a beat and then (laughs) then reaches back to beat his kid (laughs) and then immediately cuts away. And it's it's just the the timing of the edit. I mean, Bill Murray's hilarious, but then the editing punctuates that beat
2: so well. We rewound
1: that one because it was so enjoyable.
0: Carla asked for a couple of rewinds. (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh
1: that's so good
0: uh some other uh Wes Anderson Rosetta Stone stuff there's a lot of Jacques Cousteau references which kind of like uh is a forerunner of yeah. uh, Steve Life Zissou, aquatic. Life Aquatic with Steve yeah, Zissou. Yeah, that was funny
3: on the rewatch because not something that would have jumped out to you this, right? You know, obviously on a first viewing, <laughs> yeah. And now all these years later, knew knowing where he went, it was like, <laughs> oh wow, this is really a theme for him, yeah.
0: <laughs> and people dealing with grief, I think, is another yeah. like recurring Wes Anderson thing. And uh, people are kind of depressive, right? <laughs> too, you yeah. know,
3: it's kind of great. I think, and the grief, it, it, it's kind of great how the. Um, the grief that Miss Cross is going through is, um, sneaks, it would snuck up on me a little bit. Like, I sort of forgotten. Yeah. Uh, cause through the first, maybe like half of the movie, she seems, it's really brilliantly done because she seems fine with the fact that her husband's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the first time she talks about it, she's like, yeah, I had a husband and now he's dead. You know, like, yeah. she really <laughs> just kind of blows it off and you're like, okay, <clears> she's <throat> fine with it. She's moving on with her life. And then by the end of the film, you see that she's in as much pain as these other characters are if not more yeah. and that she's really really grieving mm-hmm. and I thought that part of it was really well executed
1: I agree yeah
0: particularly the scene where she goes out to dinner on their anniversary and she's just sitting there uh, at the table by herself oh wait I'm thinking of Sixth Sense sorry I
2: knew <laughs> I knew what you were doing. I started shaking my head after through the
3: first line. It was like immediately as you started saying that Carla knew what was happening. It was like shaking her head, no. no, no.
1: Uh, I do have a question. I got a little confused with this part when she says that she's just like house sitting. Was that her husband's house? I was a, I was confused if that was actually her house or not.
3: I thought it was the husband's house somehow. Okay. somehow. I don't. But I don't know that I, I – Because totally
0: I think later when he breaks into her place uh, or pretends that he's had a bike accident and he's yeah. got some fake blood, that's a different place, isn't it, or not?
1: I think it's the same
2: place. Okay. Well, then
0: the that's, that's her husband's uh, boyhood home, right? Because it's like okay. his childhood bedroom yeah, right. and, and everything. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I did not notice this in the movie, but apparently there is a shot of the dead husband uh, in a picture from – uh, and it's Owen Wilson. Uh. <laughs> Which I, I did not notice in the movie, but I read in the, so uh, the trivia. So technically, he is in the film. He is in the film. They talk about him a lot, <laughs> <Yeah>. actually.
1: <laughs> It's like a bad improv scene where they're talking about somebody who's not there.
3: Get in the moment. <laughs> recite Coaching as you're watching. Yeah. Get present. Right. Talk stop to each other stop about stop each other, other guys.
0: <laughs> Here's some of the other overt yeah. movie references. Yeah. Uh, certainly the whole scene where Bill Murray jumps in the pool is an overt reference to The Graduate. Yeah. Uh, and there's kind of an underwater shot of him just kind of like using uh, floating in the pool is uh metaphor for ennui. Uh-huh. Uh, apparently, also, their casting process for Schwarzman was similar to how Dustin Hoffman ended up getting cast in The Graduate, which was Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson were picturing somebody entirely different oh. as Max Fisher. They're p- picturing kind of a tall, gangly guy, maybe a little like Wes Anderson. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think at one point they discussed casting Noah Taylor. Uh, who eventually they did use in Life Aquatic. You know, he's the Australian guy who played the band manager and almost yeah. famous. And mm-hmm. he was the young David Helfgott in, uh, Shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's kind of like what they were picturing. Or at, at one point during the commentary, Owen Wilson's like, yeah, kind of like a young Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And, uh, but similarly, like when they were trying <laughs> to cast Benjamin Braddock in the graduate, like they were picturing Robert Redford, Robert Redford like yeah. right. classic, you know, all American blonde. Type, and then uh, ended up casting kind of a a, a shorter, you know, dark haired, uh, Semitic, uh, you know, type. Yeah. Uh, but I guess Schwartzman came into the audition after they had been looking for like a year for Max and not finding him, huh. and he had made a homemade. I mean, there aren't
3: a million young Mick Jaggers. <laughs> <running
2: around>? <laughs> <laughs> you can't imagine
0: why. He'd made a homemade uh, Rushmore blazer with his own patch that he had made that oh, was sewn funny. onto it, and immediately they were like, "This is our guy." Wow. Oh, we, we can, a we can make the movie wow. now.
3: Did you guys think that church in the movie looked like the church in The Graduate? It might have. Yeah. yeah. For a
1: second, I was like,
3: is this that church? Yeah. I don't think it was, but it looked really, <laughs> really similar to the church from the end of The Graduate.
1: Yes.
0: I That's probably in California somewhere. And this was actually filmed at Wes Anderson's own prep school that he went to in Houston. Whoa. And it was a similar thing where like they – they were looking at all these schools all over the place. They're looking at East Coast schools or whatever. And he was like, no,
3: no, he no. Because in his mind, you know he must keep seeing his school, yes. right?
0: And then finally his mother sent him some pictures of his prep school in Houston, Texas. And he was like, yeah, that's, that's it.
2: That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: that's uh, there's so many like throwaway lines in this that are so great. Like uh, after they finished rehearsal for his uh, play – uh, he goes, uh, can you get some root beers for whoever wants one? I don't want one. <laughs> uh, for some reason, that's one of my favorite lines. Uh, and uh, Max's dad is a barber in yeah. this movie. I love him yeah, so much. Yeah, really sweet. Played by Seymour Cassell. Yeah. A great character actor. Uh, but that obviously is drawing a parallel to the most famous pop culture figure whose dad is a barber. Huh? Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown's dad is a barber in Peanuts.
2: I didn't really? know
3: that We're Charlie um, Brown's bald.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the, maybe the similarity ends, ends there. When but, did you ever
1: find that
0: out? Oh, I, if you're a deep Peanuts fan, you know that, that Charlie Brown's the son of a deep barber. Peanuts
2: but, fan, <laughs>
0: what you just said. <laughs> But uh, but that connection is kind of made overt when the scene where he finally introduces his because he's been saying his dad is a brain surgeon yeah, right. to uh, to Mr. Bloom uh, an when,
3: elaborate story too like tells him the hospital yeah. he works yes. at yeah, tells him like he's got this <laughs> figured out his cover story about his dad
0: so when a more like mature Max is finally able to introduce uh, his dad the barber to Herman Bloom uh, and he gets a haircut there uh, at the barbershop uh, Christmas time is here from Charlie brown Christmas is playing in the background. Whoa. So that's a, a little I didn't know that, that It's crazy. Overt that's really nod cool. to that connection.
3: It's another moment where Bill Murray is really brilliant really in this yes. movie where it's just it's all in his, it's a very sweet moment when Max finally says, you know, this is my dad, and Bill Murray realizes yeah. that you know that, that yeah. he was lying the whole time. And there, but there's no dialogue, there's no line, it's just in his reaction.
0: A little re- nonverbal reaction. Yeah, yeah he really just kind of like nods
1: his head like up. oh okay yeah uh uh oh shoot what was i gonna say oh it's gone go ahead
0: <laughs> Sorry. there's a line in life aquatic uh alluding to uh somebody says uh 11 and a half, and bill murray in that movie is like that was my favorite age and i feel like that's the key line in all of wes anderson 11 and a half is your favorite age Mm. because it is kind of like just before puberty and just Mm. before the end of innocence. Mm -hmm. And it's a recurring motif in all Wes Anderson movies is children acting kind of preternaturally mature Mm. and adults acting like children.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, And the kind of the blurring between the two and adults becoming friends with children, not in a creepy way. Right. (laughs) i got to say in the, the very beginning of the movie,
3: it felt just a tiny bit creepy to me the way Bill Murray's character befriends Max. Yeah. Like it did, yeah. like it was just writing a line for me where I was like, is he falling in love with him? Yeah, yeah. It's was like, well, he's getting a little weird.
1: Right. Like if you took somebody who had never seen a Bill Murray movie and didn't know what this movie was about and made them watch it, would they be like, uh oh? Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> he yeah. kind of creepy looking, but I think just being at Bill Murray uh, makes everything okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, like- something I think maybe I said this in Carlos quotes, but. I was thinking this watching it, which was this was kind of the first movie where teenagers were talking like adults, and then it became a thing that all movies had to do. (sighs) You know, like Juno is another one that comes to mind. Sure, And now you get, you know, because we're, we're all writers here. <laughs> you hear a lot, like, don't write, write your children, write the kids like they would really speak in real life. Don't write them like adults would speak, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big mm-hmm. note now. So it feels like it's shifting in the opposite direction where people are like, they don't want you to write them, write kids in that way. But this was kind of the first movie for me that I remember where, you know, Max talks like an adult. Right. His, his little friend, the blonde kid talks like an adult. <laughs> and yeah. it's really funny yeah. and it works. Jerk. But, but now it's kind of <laughs> like played out.
0: It's part of the stylization of the movie that all kind of works for me of like it, the tone and the look and the dialogue all mm-hmm. kind of mesh together. But it is. There's an artificiality to it, which I think That's they a good they word. Own up yeah. To. There's an artificiality
3: to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a little heightened. It's a little exaggerated.
1: It works. I like it. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Me too. Well, folks, we've kept you waiting long enough. Let's get into some Carla's quotes.
3: She's
0: feeling her oats, and Craig's
2: taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's quotes.
0: Right away, you said, feels like Bill Murray looked young, and then all of a sudden he looked really old, and it happened in the 90s. <laughs>
1: Groundhog Day he's like just a guy probably in his 30s yeah. and then all of a sudden he's like he's like a, a solid 55
0: <laughs>
3: he's also like trying to look wrecked in this movie right because yeah. he's like this he's got a
0: bad haircut smoky. yeah a bad yeah, yeah, mustache yeah. I remember yeah. seeing
1: this though and being like whoa Bill Murray has aged so much <laughs> in the last five years
0: I was curious as to his age when he shot this movie and I'm like I bet he's the same age that I am now and yep because sure enough he wow. you know they probably shot this movie well i'm gonna get to shot the movie in 98 he was born in 50 so he was 48 i'll be 48 later this year so i'm in my herman bloom years (laughs) casting directors (laughs) (laughs) uh another of the uh the great actors in the movie is Brian Cox who plays Mr. Guggenheim yeah. the uh, yes
1: I love him the principal
0: yeah. of the uh, the school great. and uh, but Carla said is that Albert Finney oh, yeah. <laughs> I said it's Brian Cox and you, you said uh, I was about to say Albert Finney looks really fat in this <laughs>
3: <laughs> I could see that I could see confusing those two they're
0: they're, they're in a very British, similar right? vein yeah. I feel
3: like they see each other at all their auditions <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean like it's the two of them in the waiting room yeah. going into yeah. the same parts at all of their auditions <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> Uh, he definitely has some of the better lines in the movie oh, when he's, he's so like, funny. "He's one of the worst students we've got." Yeah. That's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. And then later, when he has a stroke, and the only thing that wakes him up out <laughs> of his stroke is his hatred for Max Fisher. <laughs> he's like, "What do you want?" Yeah. And then there's a nice little homage to The Godfather too when he's like, "Can you let me slide by for old times' sake?" Oh. Can't do it, Max. You know.
3: Uh, I didn't <laughs> even catch that. That's uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right
0: before they kill Abe Vigoda right. and The Godfather. <laughs> uh, and then you had that line about uh, Wes Craven. Uh, <laughs> when they uh, showed the Jacques Cousteau book, Carla said, "Jacques Cousteau, it's a preview to another movie in another few years."
1: Yeah, <laughs> Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou.
0: And here you go, Carla. This movie started the terrible trend of making kids sound like adults.
1: But I liked it in this movie.
3: I guess I have to scrap my screenplay. Kids talking like adults. No.
0: When they first showed uh, Miss Cross, Carla's response was, look at that scrunchie.
2: She
1: was wearing a lot of scrunchies.
0: <laughs> that was a the thing then, though, right? Yeah,
1: but it was weird to see. There's
3: lots of scrunchies going on then.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, the oh, a lot of scrunchie going kind on. kind of like timeless in a way. Right. Right, because they designed it that way. Yeah. Yes. So maybe that popped to it you like, as like being such a 90s thing.
1: And I don't think we were wearing scrunchies in the late 90s. I think it was the early 90s. I could be wrong.
0: Maybe she was hanging on to it. Yeah, I think – Obviously, the music harkens back to the sixties. You know, there, there's nothing really in there that'll give you a sense of tone. You know, right. cell phones are kind of like the one thing now, which is like it was always going to date a movie. Right. There are a few movies like the uh, the Myth of the American Sleepover yeah, yeah. that uh, that are apparently shot in present day, but omit cell phones. <laughs> You it know? doesn't. That
1: movie, by the way, does not seem like it's shot in present day. It seems right. like it's from the 80s.
0: Yeah, because all the directors are people who grew up in the 80s or 90s and want to harken back to right. their youth. There, there's one scene in this
3: movie where Bill Murray's like charging across the lawn at recess, I think, to talk to Ms. crosser, and he's on a cell phone. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it stood out to me, but I was like, oh, he's on a cell phone. They had this was 20 years ago. Like, yeah, they were doing right. that in movies then. But I think it was supposed to represent something a little different than it would now. That he's like really, he's, a he's a super man. rich business guy guy yeah. so he's got this cell phone right?
0: yeah <laughs> absolutely i remember when we were going through x files reruns and seeing when Mulder was first using these giant uh yeah. <laughs> cell so phones great, at the like time ones oh yeah yeah in terms of like no timely references they also oh, didn't yeah. want although they shot in houston they didn't want it to seem like it was sh- set in texas so there's no like local references or anything they yeah. wanted to have it doesn't uh, feel like texas it doesn't at all, at all. If, no. you, if
3: i were to guess i would have said it's northeast
1: somewhere me too. Yeah. yeah absolutely yeah absolutely
0: Uh, When Miss Cross says to Max uh, that I've never met anyone like you, uh, Carla said, what a flirt, you skanky teacher lady. (laughs) (laughs) She does lead him on for a while before she finally
3: drops the bomb on him.
1: I mean, she does kind of – it's not that she's inappropriate, but the tone is a little strange.
0: She
3: doesn't, yeah. she doesn't,
1: she doesn't cross a line, it, but
3: she doesn't cut it but off.
1: She doesn't right cut away. it off. You're so right. Yeah.
0: And I think it's justified later in the movie when she says that he reminds her of her husband yeah. and, you know, she met him when he was a, a teenager and he does was- it
1: though? Does it justify it? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess logically, but still <laughs> in real life, that would be, but this isn't real life. You guys, this is a movie. So, uh, there
0: you go. There's that scene where Max has a tantrum at dinner after his uh, play where she's brought a date played by Luke Wilson. It's <laughs> a great yeah. scene. Uh, That's a great scene. But uh, he has a couple glasses of yeah. wine and he, you know, <laughs> uh, throws a tantrum. Yeah. He's like, I wrote a hit play. <laughs> and Carla said, He's a lunatic.
3: <laughs> I felt like shocked. I don't know what was happening to me during that scene. I was like shocked that Max was drinking. Yeah. I was like, He's only 15. Yeah. And I'm like, Am I just older? Like, I'm old now. I'm a, I'm a parent now. And I see that. <laughs> stuff differently or do we not really see that type of types of things in movie and TV today I feel like that's more of a taboo today yeah. to show like underage kid being fed drinks yeah, by yeah. creepy adult <laughs> guy who maybe is who's in not love his, with him
1: yeah who's, not his, who's not
2: his dad
3: you know what I mean I was like
1: whoa yeah I agree
0: again Bill weird. Murray makes everything okay
1: <laughs> I do kind of like how casual he was about giving him drinks so I thought yeah. that was pretty funny yeah my uh, mom bought us beer. <laughs> bought me beer. When you were how old? Senior in high school. It's a little older yeah, than that. Yeah, it us. is. 17. probably 17,
0: 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's at least the age where it's like, you guys are going to get this anyway. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's keep it at home.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, the gym coach in the movie is played by Andrew Wilson. Uh older brother of Owen and Luke. Oh. Mm-hmm. And Carla said, whoa, there's a third Wilson brother? Poor guy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't know that either.
1: What happened to that
2: guy? What's he up to? Uh,
0: he's done a little bit of acting. Uh, he's also <laughs> in Bottle Rocket as uh, Future Man, I think, is his character. So he's got a supporting part in Bottle Rocket. Uh, they've used a lot of their friends over the years. And it's, yeah. it's interesting uh, hearing Wes Anderson do the commentary because he's like, Oh, in the background there is my friend, blah, blah, Tenenbaum. I'm like, oh, Tenenbaum. That's oh. interesting. Oh, and he's weird. like, and there's my friend Stephen Dignan. Dignan is Owen Wilson's character in Bottle Rocket. Oh, well, so, weird. So. And there's my and, friend
3: Charlie Life Aquatic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's where they got wow. that. There's the fantastic Mr. Fox. My <laughs> the uh, the groundskeeper, Mr. Little Jeans, is played by their friend Kumar Palana, who was also in Bottle Rocket. And then he plays Pagoda, who is uh, Gene Hackman's sidekick in yes. uh, Royal Tenenbaum's. Very memorable.
3: Wes Anderson's one of these guys, right, who has his crew, obviously, right? Yeah. Like he has his crew for 20 years. He draws from that same crew. Which, and there's a lot, if Mel Brooks was like, I mean, there's a million people like that, right, yeah. that have had their crew, but there's something that always seems very artistic to me. <laughs> like, I have my pool, of Quentin Tarantino's like that. Yeah. I yeah. have my pool of people
0: that I try
1: How do you get in one of I those pools? I want to get
0: I know in know if you pool. get in one of those pools, you're <laughs> set. <laughs> Let's go
1: swimming in one of those pools, you you're guys. You're
0: set if you're in one of those pools. <laughs> but I think ultimately they're, they're collaborators and they're very ensemble-driven, you know. And, and these are great filmmakers we're talking about. So there's something to it, you know. Yeah. It's the selfish ones who never want to work with the same people again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't want anybody else getting credit for this, you know. Mm-hmm. I think Wes Anderson is quick to disper- uh, disperse the credit among everyone that uh, that he works with. And He's- probably
3: think about – they're probably thinking about who they're cre- make, creating stuff for too, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like I like Quentin Tarantino knew that he wanted to do Mathurman to be the lead in Kill Bill. Like from the beginning, right? It's like yeah. I'm writing this movie for yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, and there may be something crucial to their process as artists in having that team of people that they know they're drawing from.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, also, in Miss Cross, you said she's such a tease. Oh, uh. It was really harsh on the lady <laughs> character in this movie. And then you had a run of stuff on Max. He needs to be locked up. <laughs> Ha 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 And then after he lets the bees into uh, Bloom's uh, hotel room, he said, seriously, he needs to be locked up. And then he is. He is locked up.
1: (laughs) That's a great moment when Bill Murray sees the bees. Okay, so he's, like, swatting at the bees in his hotel room. And then he looks over and he sees a tube of bees coming in through the door. And he looks at it and he just smiles like he was, like, impressed Yeah, And then he starts to freak out again.
0: (laughs) And then it's a montage of them kind of pulling progressively higher uh stakes pranks on on each other to the tune of the Who's a Quick One while he's away, which is another great montage. And uh that scene of Max kind of walking slow-mo uh into the elevator with with out of the elevator with the bees uh to Pete Townsend's guitar is just because he's he's the
1: head of the bee club
0: (laughs) yes he is at
2: Rushmore Academy.
0: (laughs) He's turning those bees to evil. Of course he is uh and then there's this sweet girl, Margaret Yang, who's so cute, who's more age-appropriate, who wants to be his girlfriend. Right. <laughs> and uh,
2: he's kind of rude. That's a
0: nice way to put it. He's kind of rude. More age-appropriate. Rude to her. And Carla's like, what a jerk. <laughs> and then his little friend, Dirk, tries to make up with him. And Carla said, make up, Max. Come on.
1: Oh, Dirk was so cute. Yeah. I would have been pissed, too, if he had said that about my mom.
0: <laughs> I would have. He was yeah. telling lies about his mom giving out hand jobs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> The mom played by Connie Nielsen.
1: Yes, who was that again? I recognized her.
0: Well, she's a Danish actress. She's been in a lot of things. She was in Troy. Oh right, uh, yeah. yeah. Did, I don't think she played Helen of Troy. Did she, she play Helen of Troy? Yeah, okay. she was. Um, she's a certain type of role she gets cast
2: in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sexy. <laughs> cast, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: when he breaks into Miss Cross's place, you said he needs to stop kissing her. No, I think that's when he uh, kind of approaches her in the uh the classroom where then uh she has to
2: yeah
1: le- he oh she no no have it. when oh i don't know what i'm talking
3: about
0: <laughs> when
1: they're on the bed doesn't he kiss her on the bed yeah yeah Ugh.
3: i uh, think what i would say if a kid i'm hung up on the handjob thing for a second yeah. <laughs> I'm to think what i would say how i would feel Back if to the if kids were like <laughs> if the other kids were like your mom's giving out hands i think i would have not been mad because i think i would have never ever believed it
2: <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs>
3: Yeah. It's like my mom doesn't even know what that is.
0: <laughs> Late in the movie there's a great training montage too of like uh them getting Bill Murray ready to for Miss Cross to fall in love with him again or, or whatever. Uh but during the training montage, Carla's like, Can you imagine just being able to hang out with Bill Murray? Ah, so fucking cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, because they're riding It's when they're riding bikes together And they're like popping wheelies together. Yes. Yeah. Like, Oh, that Hang just looks like them. the best fucking thing You could yeah. ever do With like five <laughs> minutes of your life when, when
3: we're working at Second City in Chicago I would always hear, I'm sure you guys did too You'd always hear these stories, these legends about Bill Murray When he was a Second City touring company cast member yeah. Oh, they would go to the They went to the women's college on tour And Bill disappeared for three days He missed his flight <laughs> <laughs> he rented a car and drove himself back. Like, there would always be like these stories. But <laughs> Bill
0: Murray punched out a heckler in the front row. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like,
3: and it's like, at this point, it's like, I don't know if these are true or all completely made right. up. Who knows? But you'd always hear this stuff.
0: He's the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, I mean, if there's yeah, yeah. anybody who's appropriate to have uh, legends build up around him, it's Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, There's an interesting scene late in the movie, which he goes back to Rushmore after he's been expelled and is going to public school. And he's got an air rifle with him. Uh, and he's shooting the, the Scottish guy who's kind of his bully to ask him to be the lead in his play. But this is pre Columbine. He
2: shoots,
1: uh, explain how he shoots him though. It's not, what what is it?
0: It's like a. Did you shoot him in the butt? No, in the ear. Oh, yeah, he like shoots he him kept. in the ear yeah. because
2: yeah. But yeah.
1: it's like with something because like his other really ear is deformed. Him. Yeah, I don't know with, what a it was. with a BB, with a BB. BB, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's up in a window like a sniper. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: and it is—it's kind of startling at first.
0: Maybe a school shooting joke would not fly in the same way that it did in 1998. Right. But we had also just watched Tower, which is a documentary yeah. about the Texas school shooting of 1966. You <laughs> may Car- have been particularly sensitive. Yeah. Carla said, This is a weird watch after watching Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another of the weird things that Carla says during a movie. Uh-oh. There's there's some rain in the background. And this is just before we we just had a gigantic storm Uh in L.A. uh, where it rained for like 24 hours straight. And Carla's like, I think the rain on TV is making it not rain in real life. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Carla's quotes for Rushmore. That's a good good quote to go
3: out on. There you go. (laughs) That's a real (laughs) mind-bender. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it is weird, though.
0: <laughs> the final song, as they cut to credits, too, is "Ooh La La" by The Faces, uh, aka "I Wish I Knew What I Knew Now When I Was yeah. Younger," know, which is just so so appropriate for this yeah. movie and just kind of like closes out the tone so well. And it feels like you guys are more mature when you first than when you first saw Rushmore yeah. Yeah. and uh, and appreciated it more this time. I
3: wonder if that I was, was too really close. Uh, to Max's age, you know, I wasn't that. I was only really a few years out of high school when I first saw this movie. Yeah, and I wonder if I was just like maybe just a little too close to that age to appreciate it in the way I could appreciate it now.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was for me. Um, after you said the dates, I would have been a freshman in college. I think when I saw this. Yeah. Um, just to be clear, so that nobody looks at my birthday and is like Carla. You weren't in high
0: school. (laughs) (laughs) You were months out of high school. You're such a liar. (laughs) We Um, will tweet Carla's birthday out there for everyone.
1: Uh, yeah, I think, um, I think I know a lot more now, now that I'm older and I can appreciate this movie in a totally different way. Uh, and I think it was the key to it is what Mark was saying earlier, just how sad they all are. Like, and what they're, and it's a funny movie, but there's so much emotion underneath it. And it's really driving the characters in a, in kind of this collision course with each other that I didn't really understand. I don't think when I was younger.
3: The choice of that song at the end hit me hard. Yeah. Yeah, like I think it's really powerful. It took, and I don't know if this is what they intended, but it took me to a place of like almost changing the context of the movie to me to like, uh, it made me think of like an older Max looking back at this yeah. time in his life. Yeah. And the, the perspective he would have on it as an older guy.
0: Because at the very end of the movie, it's only a few months after the events at the beginning of the movie, but you just sense that he's matured incrementally Mm -hmm. just a little bit Mm -hmm. you know he's Mm -hmm. he does have uh margaret is his girlfriend now you know he admits that uh he was inappropriate with miss cross you know i feel like there's a slightly more distance between him and herman you know Mm -hmm. uh and that he's and you hope that he's gonna be okay Yeah. yeah well
1: he learns like um to be giving or something yeah and he's not as selfish even when he gives his bully the guy he like throws a script at him and he's like I have a part for you the guy who's been bullying him the whole time and the guy's like I always just wanted to be in one of your plays yeah. <laughs> and Max is Hilarious. like I know man
2: <laughs>
1: and it's like he just learns like oh it's just nicer to be giving or something yeah. to yeah. others
0: and at the end of the movie, basically, all the minor characters are there watching the pl- the yeah. play, too, which is this huge Vietnam epic. It's crazy. <laughs> apparently, Wes Anderson did put on, I don't know if they were d- d- productions to this degree, but, you know, they must have been in his really? mind, like, this right. r- elaborate and, and epic. But so cool. uh, you get to see all the characters who had, like, even just, like, one line or one shot, like, all watching the movie, you know, yeah. which uh, I think it also kind of, like, encapsulates... Wes Anderson is that they just have a sense of family and community to them, and these kind of like impromptu groups of people becoming a, a family. So there, there's a sweetness to it, that also works for me. I
3: yeah. was always so jealous as a kid when I would see uh, TV movies and TV shows that have those awesome like staged productions yeah. in their schools. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, this <laughs> a- oh, and when Mac when Mac stages his play earlier in the movie, uh, that like the cast takes their bow, and then they're like, and now the writer and director, <laughs> and Max comes up with flowers, and as a writer and director, I'm like, that doesn't
2: happen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. Nobody That's what my mom shit. wants to have happen when she comes to see shows I direct. Yeah. She's yeah. always like, why don't they bring you out at the end <laughs> so that people can see you take a bow?
0: Oh. <laughs> Fucking actors. It's all about the actors and their ego.
1: It did make me nostalgia for that. Nostalgic I felt nostalgia watching mm-hmm. it for that time. Yeah. Like the people that I was hanging out with at that time. And, and it was kind of, I don't know. It feels going back and watching it. It feels like such an important movie for the nineties. Like hmm. it feels like filmmaking shifted after mm-hmm. this movie. And I don't know if this was the only movie. Uh I don't know that this can be credited as the only one, but definitely like everything became a little less, you could get away with more. It wasn't, it didn't have to be so realistic, hmm. you know?
0: It feels like people who are in a similar vein to him. Uh there's Paul Thomas Anderson, mm-hmm. uh Sophia Coppola, uh Noah Bombach, um, yeah, David O. Russell. Mm-hmm. Um those are all kind of filmmakers of about the same generation yeah. who kind of like first were having their movies in the late nineties and uh they they've been great for American indie cinema. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Carla, you want to give this a letter grade? A. What does that A stand for?
1: Uh it stands for Aren't you guys watching this yet?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mark, is this an A for you? Yeah, be an A for me for sure. Awesome, A for me as well. Uh, We'll stay on Craigslist and it will move up even higher. I think than number seventy-eight. And uh, I I also want to get probably Grand Budapest Hotel onto the list. It's not on the list. I think Carla likes that movie even more. Bonus, bonus
1: episode. (laughs) It's probably my number. It would be my top five favorite movies of all time. And I'm a huge fan of Life Aquatic as well, which I know is very polarizing for some people.
0: <laughs> I think we're about to do a rewatch of all of Wes Anderson because Carla hasn't seen Bottle Rocket. And so yeah. I think we'll we'll tr- kind of move uh, sequentially through the whole thing and uh, we'll see how we feel about, uh, about everything.
1: Grand Budapest Hotel, I've never as an adult had the experience of watching another movie the way that I watched that movie. Like it felt so magical to me and I laughed and I cried and it just felt mm. like I had all the – Emotions. I had all, all the, the feels. feels. Yeah. All, <laughs> of all the them. feels.
0: <laughs> and really Ray, Ray Fiennes, Masterful. Oh, my masterful God. He in was it. incredible. Another one of the, my favorite characters of the last 20 years.
1: And Wes Anderson, gosh, he's kn- kind of known for, like, comedy, I guess, right? But he, such sad shit happens. That mi- I
3: think it's always that mix, <laughs> yeah. right? Of, like, it's funny, but it hurts. And yeah.
1: It's great. He's great. That's hard. And that's hard. I think
3: of how hard that is to execute, really. Right? Yeah. To be able to nail that. Yeah. Kind of find that sweet spot
2: mm-hmm. where it's like
3: it's a good it's got that pain and that emotion and the and the laughs on top of it. That's tough.
2: Yeah. Uh why
0: don't we improvise a little scene from Whoa. Rushmore for a little khaki theater?
2: Okay.
0: Uh how about this? I don't think we can live up to anything that's actually in the movie, because it was written pretty well by Mr. Anderson and Mr. Wilson. Mm-hmm. So this is a year after the events of Rushmore. <laughs> right. Let's say, uh, I don't know what Herman and, uh, Rosemary Cross's situation is. Uh, but, uh, but they're out together having a bite somewhere. Uh, at a food place, not they're not biting each other, and and they run into.
1: Worse. And
0: they run into Max Fisher. Okay. Uh, and so it's a, it's a year later.
1: So I'll be Miss Cross because that because I'm the lady. Okay. So that makes sense.
0: Who do who do you like? I'll p- I'll play Max. Okay, great. And you Let's can be
3: Herman. Play. Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> oh, uh, hey guys. Hi, Max. I'm Max. Oh, been a while. Are yeah, you? Max. Have a seat. Sit down. Get your uh, whiskey sour.
1: Oh, I don't think you should be drinking. Huh? Oh,
0: yeah, oh. I, I don't think that's appropriate, Herman. That uh, that one time that that didn't work out for me. Yeah. So, but that, that's Very nice of you. Thank so, you. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's so good to see you, Max. Yeah, Give good. me a hug.
0: <laughs> okay, that's that's a little inappropriate.
1: Oh no, I was just kissing your cheek.
0: Okay, you've lost your British accent.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're still, you still, you're still holding them. You're still holding them.
1: I um, well, I'm trying to adapt more to my uh, current situation, so I'll go in and out of it occasionally.
0: And what is that situation, if you don't mind me asking? Well, that?
3: we're married now. Max. We're married.
1: I'm very rich.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you are. Yeah, we're married, and she's pregnant
1: with twins.
0: <laughs> the twins. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, you, you wow, you really are virile. This yeah. is your second set of twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Runs in the family. <laughs> Ho- hopefully,
1: <laughs> these these girls will be much sweeter than his yeah. boys.
3: <laughs> Are you still well, dating that one girl?
0: Uh, no, it didn't work out.
1: Oh, Oh, I'm so oh, sorry,
0: but but we're friends and it's it's going okay. Okay. Look, uh, I'm going to graduate in a uh, in a few months, and uh-huh. uh, I was I'm applying to colleges now, and uh-huh. I am looking for a oh,
1: congratulations. Uh, yeah, looking bags. for
0: a letter of recommendation. Sure. Stop Stop kissing me.
1: I'm sorry. I just wanted to kiss your cheek.
0: No, sit down. Sit down. Oh,
1: sorry. Yes.
0: Yeah, sure.
3: I'll give you a letter of recommendation to a school far away from here.
0: I'm applying to uh, Texas A&M. Oh, sure. And Are you sure to, you want uh, to go to Texas? And to Well, we, we live in Texas, right? Yeah. Oh. Isn't Rushmore yeah. <laughs> right Why here in Texas? Go somewhere
3: further. Go somewhere mm-hmm. far away, Max. Experience a different part of the country that we're not in.
0: Well, I'm also applying to uh, Kent State.
3: Oh, sure. Careful uh, there. People get shot and killed.
0: That was a while ago. That was a while ago. It's still, it has It's kind of a one-time it thing. It happened. And uh, Xavier? Uh, sure. The, the guy who makes the uh, cabbage patch Kids. No, no, it's not not his school. Oh. No. Max,
1: is- you know, there's a lovely aquarium in Long Beach. You should apply there.
0: Cal State Long Beach? Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I've kind of given up on my dreams to go to the uh, Sorbonne or Oxford yeah. or Harvard. Oh,
3: you know what you should do? You should think about being a barber. It's a good, honest profession. Runs in the family. Your dad does it. He's good at it. He's already got the
0: shop. Yeah, I did. I did that for a while. Yeah, uh, my dad passed away. By the way. <gasps> oh wow.
3: Yeah. I'm no. so
1: sorry to I, hear. I heard
3: that. actually. I just didn't contact.
0: Oh really? You didn't reach out to that. me? I just when didn't. that happened. Hey Max, okay. how much
1: longer yeah. till you're legal?
0: I'm. Uh, I'm 16.
1: So just two more years.
0: Jeez, yeah. Christ. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> <And singing.
1: laughs> okay, I forgot. Were they really in Texas, though?
0: No.
3: no. Okay, we never know. Oh, okay. they could be. We don't know. So, we don't know. So,
1: right. So don't say that in the improv scene. Then <laughs> <laughs> I questioned all of my <laughs> choices. This is, I'm
0: just doing it, lols, doing it for the lulls. Doing <laughs> it for the lulls.
1: For the lulls. For the for the boring parts when
0: people fall asleep, <laughs> or for the LOL. These are just bits. uh
1: <laughs> Also, I totally forgot she was British. Does she have a British accent? She in the sure movie? does, yeah. Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> Light one. Light one.
1: <laughs> what happened to her?
0: Well, she was in The Sixth Sense the next year. Yeah,
1: that's a long time ago.
0: Um, oh, she was on that show, Manhattan. She was really good in that. You know, it's uh, funny, because Rushmore seems like a long
3: time ago, and Sixth Sense to me teams seems like not that long ago. Interesting. But they're only, mm-hmm. they came out basically at the same
0: time. Yeah. She yeah, just, Sixth Sense like, came out the next year. Plays yeah.
3: lots of women whose husbands have died.
0: Uh, <laughs> her thing. Yeah. Also, she was a widow in The Ghost Rider, the, oh, no. the Roman Polanski oh, yeah. movie with Ewan McGregor. That's she, a great oh, no, movie. She was really good in that, too. What's um, her name again? Olivia Williams.
1: I was going to say Olivia Wilde. That's a different person. Different, right?
0: different lady person. with a very similar name. Okay uh before we sign off uh <laughs> this is our last episode before the oscars wow. come out so i thought maybe we do a little oscar predictions yeah
3: this is your wheelhouse
0: Chris. this is totally my wheelhouse
1: yeah. we're just gonna do the big ones right? let's just
0: do the big ones i don't
1: know anything about the smaller ones
0: uh let's see uh director damien chazelle mel gibson barry jenkins kenneth lonergan denis villeneuve
1: what was Denis Villeneuve uh,
0: That's Arrival. Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea. Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. Mel Gibson. Hacksaw Ridge. Damien Chazelle. Lala Land. Uh, want to win and will win.
3: Um, I've only seen Arrival off that list. <laughs> <Okay>. So <laughs> I'm <laughs> picking that director. there's a want to win and will win. Did you win. like Arrival? I loved it. Yeah. I just Still watched it the it. other day because it just came on demand. Because we have a nine-month-old, so I basically can't go to movies. Right. Yeah, now. yeah.
1: <laughs> I uh, want barry jenkins to win for moonlight but i think that damien chazelle will win for la la land and he he deserves it he's he's
0: i want damien chazelle and i believe he will win oh hey supporting actress viola davis for fences naomi harris for moonlight nicole kidman for lion octavia spencer for hidden figures michelle williams manchester by the sea
1: i think this is the most difficult category for me
0: a lot of great performances
1: all all of those ladies are awesome even Nicole Kidman did a great job.
3: I'm going to say Viola Davis because, uh, as want to win and will win, because mm-hmm. I'm going solely off of the Oscar-winning moments she has in the trailer. Like, <laughs> the <Incredibles. laughs> she's got some real Oscar-winning moments. Yeah, there. she's she selling it.
2: Yeah,
0: she is going to be the winner. Uh, wow. I, yeah, I, I think it's pretty unanimous. You're very confident. I think yeah. she'll
1: win. I think that I would like for the Lady from Moonlight to win. What's her I'll- name?
0: Uh, Naomi Harris. Naomi Harris. Uh, I would like Michelle Williams to win. Uh, oh, she still
1: hasn't won anything, has she?
0: Ju- I don't believe she has. An no, an not not an Oscar. So. No, just so they can cut she to busy accepted in the crowd. Heath Ledger's
3: <laughs> that one year, didn't she? <laughs> she did like she? I, re- I seem to remember that. Didn't she accept an award for him
0: posthumously? I don't after think at the Oscars. Away? Away? Oh, okay, okay. Someone accepted for him. I don't. I don't remember. think anyone
1: did at the Oscars. think They just. I think they just when cut she away. She was his wife,
0: though, right? Or <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. A supporting actor, Mahershala Ali for Moonlight, Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges, Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel, Lion, Michael Shannon, Nocturnal Animals.
3: Has Jeff Bridges ever won?
0: He won for Crazy Heart. He won Best Actor. Maybe
3: that would be a sort of a lifetime achievement kind of thought, but he won already. If
0: he had not won, he might be the front runner, but uh, Mahershala Ali is considered to be the front runner.
1: I think he will win and I would like for him to win.
0: I think he would win. Jeff Bridges was my favorite, but I got no problem with Mr. Ali winning. Sure. (laughs) You've not seen any of these. Uh, Actress. Isabelle Huppert for Elle. Ruth Nega for Loving. Natalie Portman for Jackie. Emma Stone for La La Land. Meryl Streep, uh, Up and Coming Kid, for Florence Foster Jenkins. I think my favorite of those is probably Natalie Portman. I think Emma Stone will win. I have not seen Elle or Loving.
1: I think that... My favorite of those is also Natalie Portman, and I think that Emma Stone will win.
0: Okay, you guys don't think uh, Meryl Streep? No, no. She already got the later. She's got she's won three times, and she got one for the Iron Lady just a couple years ago. And she gave her big political speech already. She did, yeah. So (laughs)
3: yeah,
1: she's probably hoping she doesn't win, so she doesn't have to live up to
0: that. I think it's Emma Stone's year. Time for an ingenue. Uh, oh, yeah,
1: because they're never.
0: <laughs> it well. It's usually younger, younger ladies usually win best actress. Yeah. So. Uh, actor, Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield, Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling, La La Land, Vigo Mortensen, Captain Fantastic, Denzel Washington for Fences. Oh, that seems
2: tough. Yeah.
0: My favorite is Casey Affleck. I believe Denzel Washington will win. Wow. My favorite is Denzel
1: Washington, and I think Casey
0: Affleck will win. Okay.
3: Denzel Washington is one of my all-time favorite actors, so I yeah. will say I want him to win. Yay! It's
0: You've not choice. seen Fences yet? No.
3: Yeah. It, it, not with them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen the play, but not with them. Do you have the screener? <laughs> no. Uh, we'll let you borrow the screener. Oh,
3: please, thank you.
0: we, uh, uh, we don't do that. Uh, we don't give out our screeners.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Delete this. Delete. The- Delete. Okay. Uh, and picture Arrival, which I think is Mark's favorite. Uh, <laughs> Fences, <laughs> Taxa Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Uh, my favorite is Hell or High Water. I believe La La Land will win. You do, do you think La La Land will win? I think it will win. I think that the Academy tends to
3: – you would know this better than me, Craig. But I think that the Academy tends to vote for – like Hollywood likes to vote for shit about Hollywood. They do. Yeah. yeah.
0: So they they, love, love, Hollywood they, they love, love Hollywood movies. They love movies about movie. acting. Yes. Yeah.
3: So that would make me think that La La Land would be the favorite Yeah. To win.
1: My favorite was Moonlight, but I think La La Land will win. And I'm not going to be one of those people who's going to – complain about it. Because <laughs> a lot of people are going to be complaining about yeah. it. And I think La La Land's a good movie, you guys. So yeah. just relax.
3: You know, when they expanded like when I heard you just read that list, it's like eight or ten yeah, now, nine, right? Yeah, They expanded nine it a few years ago. And I thought the point of expanding it from five to ten was that more mainstream movies would get on the list. Yeah. But that has not been... the At least that was the no. justification when they did it, wasn't it? It was
0: after The Dark Knight was not nominated. Right. And the, the logic was, yeah, that some more crowd pleasers will get on right. because they... But they hope it'll bring an audience to the live broadcast of the awards.
3: Yeah, but then that's not been the case at all.
0: It's no, still, it's it's really not that. Still. As a movie lover, I like
1: figures did pretty well, didn't it?
0: It did. Yeah, yeah. it was a, a surprising box office hit. I like it, and that some more like indies that are slightly deeper cuts, like Hell or High Water, uh-huh. uh, are are getting in. Um, but yeah, they've it's not really turned into the blockbusters getting in. No,
1: what were some blockbusters this year though?
0: Rogue like, One, a Star Wars story. Uh, um basically like plenty of superhero movies. Yeah, it's, it's just
2: superhero. it's all superheroes superhero. or Star Wars shit. Yeah.
3: Right yeah. now. Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, but I think La, La Land was probably a blockbuster, wasn't it?
0: I think it's done well. Technically, I think it's done well. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we're talking about these billion dollar worldwide smashes yeah. because they're made for the broad Broadience. broad-ience yeah.
3: for, no, made that's for the broad-ience. that's absolutely
0: right. The actually. broadience.
3: Yeah. You're just coined a new phrase that should be used all the time. <laughs> they are made for the broadience, yeah. the broadest
0: the broad audience. possible audience, that's, which of totally course we like refer to in as variety. the broadience. <laughs> the broad uh, so they're dumbed down a little bit <laughs> yeah. and they're not quite satisfying because they're trying to please everybody. Yeah. You know, they don't feel idiosyncratic they don't feel like an auteur like Wes Anderson made them. You know? I just
1: want to say Moonlight was really great, everybody. <laughs> 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 I you love Moonlight as well. out there? What about
0: Hacksaw Ridge?
3: You guys didn't go with any of the Hacksaw Ridge I didn't move. see it.
0: No. Uh, okay. okay. It,
2: though.
0: Yeah, it wasn't bad. All right. Uh, Andrew Garfield would make my top ten performances okay. of the year. Uh, it felt very Mel Gibson in that it's uh, insanely violent, (laughs) insanely violent, and it's about a martyr, yeah, yeah, you know, for uh, with a deep belief in Christianity, yeah. So okay. Uh,
3: pass. This, <laughs> yeah, this, it was a hard pass from Carl. This Carla. Mel Gibson comeback in Hollywood is bizarre. really fascinating. Bizarre. I think it's so strange. Bizarre. At it's the same bizarre. time that Hollywood is, like, so upset about the anti-Semitism in the uh, current administration, yes. yeah. right? They're like, hey, Mel Gibson's coming back. Yeah, it's like, it's I don't so understand weird. I agree. <laughs> it is so
1: weird. Like, his career should be over. He shouldn't have a career anymore. Yeah. What are we doing?
0: When you've made that much money for people, they don't forget that. Yeah, um, that yeah. That yeah, trumps yeah, yeah. the oh. – oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I gotta stop using that as a verb <laughs> I really don't mean to but that tops <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that tops the sexism and uh, so gross. and racism and anti-semitism that he has displayed
1: and yet he still has some like really big supporters who are cool like Jody Foster <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah,
3: right. Like, they go way back with them yeah
1: plans. who will like stand up for him
3: how accurate are your predictions usually Craig because you I know you know this stuff very well
0: I usually do pretty well okay I usually do pretty well yeah, I've yeah, won, yeah. A, won an Oscar pool or two and yeah. Carla this year I'm going to be on the road we won't be able to watch the Oscars together
1: Aww. no that's okay. Where are you going to watch it? I don't know. Maybe I'll get invited to an Oscar <laughs> party, someone.
0: <laughs> well, Craig's listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. Mark Warzeka, you've been an amazing guest. Uh, what, what, do, what do you want to plug? What do you got going on?
3: Uh, you know, I do a live show here in Los Angeles that's news-based and improv, and both Craig and Carla have been in it, and we're awesome, awesome guests in it, but we're turning it into a podcast. It's going to launch this fall, this spring. <laughs> this spring. Called, <laughs> Sometime called, this year. It's called No Waiting. It's going to be on program progressive podcast network which is also going to launch this spring so um check it out follow me on the twitters and i'll tell you about it what's your twitter handle at M-A-R-C-W-A-R-Z-E-C-H-A. At there Mark
0: Just like it sounds. Mark <laughs> Uh We are at Craigslist PCAST. Please tweet at us uh, with corrections and questions and just general praise. Uh, leave us a review on <laughs> huh. iTunes. Uh, I've never asked for that before, but I'm asking for it now. I'm demanding it. <laughs> uh, if it's good. Uh, Carla, what else you got going on? Oh,
1: boy. We're doing a whole thing. I don't know. Um, what do I've got? I've got nothing going on. Okay. I'm just a person. Yeah, me too. Living in the world.
0: (laughs) What's our movie for next week? Oh, uh, next week is number 77. And I think Carla, it's time to delve into the oeuvre of Mr. Stanley Kubrick. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh. You got a problem with Kubrick? Not a fan, not a fan. What, what movies of his have you seen?
1: Uh, eyes wide shut. Okay. Uh, what are the other ones? Not, not the space one. Not the eyeball
0: one. Uh, Full Metal Jacket?
1: I, not Oh, I've seen Full Metal Jacket. I okay. like that. Okay. Is that what it is? No. Is it Shining? The Shining? It's not
0: The Shining. Have you seen The Shining? I like The Shining. Okay.
1: Maybe I do like them. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I kind of liked Eyes Wide Shut,
0: too. Okay.
1: What is it? I can't watch the eyeball one, though.
0: Clockwork Orange? Yeah, yeah. That's not on the list. Okay. Used to be on the list. No longer is. <laughs> this movie came out in 1962. It's oh a, Lolita! It's an adaptation of the Vladimir Nabokov novel. I've seen
1: this movie; I like it a lot.
0: You like Lolita?
1: <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> really? I'm learning so much about myself by saying things out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Shelley You're, Winters,
0: yes, Shelley Winters, <laughs> Peter Sellers, James Mason, uh, and the movie is Lolita. And you actually like this? I do. I w- this was not the reaction I was expecting. <laughs> do you know what it's about right i've I've seen it okay all right well next week craig's listeners (laughs) we're gonna watch stanley kubrick's lolita and we're gonna talk about it yeah so uh please tune in and mark thanks for joining us thank you so much guys this is a blast this has been craig's list
2: the list is an absolute good the list is life